Welcome in to Rick and Bubba University, the podcast to hear from a low-lit Rick and Bubba broadcast plaza and teleport. You know, it's a podcast, Bubba, so it's low-lit. That's right. We have our uh, own lighting. Yeah, if you're watching us on the YouTube channel or on Pluto, we welcome. If you're just listening to the audio, know that Bubba and I, what they've done is they've taken us, since we can be a little wild, and they've tried to use this setting to calm us into a more conversational you know, experience with our guests, and, and you can enjoy that in the audience. We are excited because... We had Jonathan Rumi on the Rick and Bubba show, but the Rick and Bubba show, you know, you got 10 minute segments and then and, and you got to get to this. This uh, is, we said, we got to have a podcast with Jonathan Rumi. If you don't know who we're speaking of, then you probably are not familiar with The Chosen. Uh, Jonathan Rumi plays the role of Jesus Christ. The Chosen, Bubba, is the number one crowdfunded media project in history. Do you realize they have gone out and the crowd who loves what they do? $20 million to date that has been raised. Um, and also, don't forget, The Chosen was also the first uh, thought to have their own app, and you can watch it globally all over the world. And uh, this has been uh, – these guys are innovators. They're pioneers. And Jonathan Rumi joins us again on Rick and Bubba University. Jonathan, how are you? Thank you, Rick. Thank you, Bubba. Uh, I'm, I'm doing fantastic. I'm so uh, delighted to be back here. Yeah, I uh, I agree. We did not get enough time first time around, so hopefully we'll, we'll make up for it today. Yeah. So we talked last time about the role of playing Jesus Christ, and we got the history on that. We may Some people are listening to this or watching this that may not have that information, so we can go back to that. But I know a lot of fans of The Chosen, including all of us here on the show, can, can we jump right into kind of an update I mean, like we know season one was incredibly successful, continues to be successful. Uh, 50 million views, is, isn't that where we were, some around I think, 50? I think we're up to 53 now. 53 mm. million views. Yeah. Uh, it's now available in English, Spanish, Portuguese, Russian, Chinese, Arabic, and Hindi, uh, and uh, subtitled in over 20 different languages as well. Uh, so we've got yeah. dubs. We've got, we've got, you can watch it anywhere in the world. It's been used as an incredible evangelical tool to introduce uh, the world uh, to maybe things they didn't know uh, about the Bible and, uh, and, and Jesus and, and the gospel and these disciples that, that he chose. Uh, and, of course, you can get it on Roku, Apple TV, Fire TV, Chromecast, and, of course, the chosen mobile app. And it, it's funded by people who love what you guys do. Anybody can watch it. It's free to watch. And the funding comes from people that say, I'd like to pay it forward, which means I'm donating money to the project so others can watch it for free. This was innovative, but it, it, it's worked. It's worked so much that, yeah. we, that we, we're, going, we're going season two. That's it. I think we're, uh, we're, o- we're almost um, funded for seven episodes of season two. I think we, we funded six of them already, and now we're, I believe, into episode seven, if I'm not mistaken. Um, uh, yeah, all through the Paid Forward program, which has been um, incredible. Like, you know, the first the season one was funded through essentially um, uh, selling shares uh, for the show. So anybody that invested in the show has a piece of the show for the life of the show. Season two uh was basically done saying you know we're gonna we're gonna release the show for free and if you got some value out of what you saw if you like what you saw for i think it's 15 bucks 14.95 you can then own the show on your phone so you can watch it uh, and cast it to your tv whenever you want and then 10 more people around the world uh get to watch the show for free as well and through that 
mode, uh, which has been quite ingenious and, and um, only by the grace of God, prolific in allowing us to, to fund um, almost three quarters of the show. Uh, it's been uh, we, we're, we've gotten to that point now where this it looks like this will be the standard model going forward. Um, so uh, please, God, that we'll uh, we'll we'll get all eight episodes funded sooner than later. So we all know exactly what we're filming for season two um, right now. Uh, you know, I, as I said, we're I think we're we've definitely funded enough for uh, six episodes um, and um and we're we're going back to um, we're going back to shoot. I think um, not too far from now. I don't know that they've released exact dates, but uh, in the fall. Um, and uh, and they, they have mentioned we are going to be in Utah this time. So really excited to to uh, to see what Utah is like. I've never been, and it's gorgeous. And the set that they've gotten access to is uh, has never been used outside of um, the the company that had it previously. Um, and for a while, it's been, you know, something that we've looked at. And finally, I think Dallas said uh, on the, um, the uh, live stream that he did, it was a couple of years trying to get this set. And they finally uh, got it to happen this, this summer. Um, and it's just incredible. It's a, it's a first century recreation of Jerusalem. Uh, which if you go to Jerusalem now, it does not exist in that form anymore because of two millennia of, of progress and building and uh, construction. So um, we couldn't get the kind of space and the kind of vistas that we're going to have for season two that we're getting. It's, it's, uh, I, I can't wait. There's video on, I think, Facebook and on YouTube. Uh, and it's just, it's one of the most incredible sets I've ever seen. And I've worked behind the scenes on movies, giant movies with $200 million budgets, um, before I was an actor and, uh, I, I, have never seen anything that looks like this. It's like a football field by a football field and it's huge. It's enormous. We are talking so to yeah, Jonathan Rumi. Uh, the series is the chosen. He plays the role of Jesus Christ and we'll continue to delve in uh, to things. Maybe you didn't know about season one, but also as we're just hearing, uh, upcoming season two, as we continue on Rick and Bubba university, the podcast. Jonathan Bubba here. Um, talk to us about season two. How, if you get all eight episodes shot, how far in the Jesus storyline will you be going? And the second part of that question is, assuming you shoot in the fall, when will ballpark we be able to see it? You know, we're kind of anxious. We're Americans. We like it quick, <laughs> yeah. and this thing has has been delayed longer than I want it to. Get it out now. That's yeah, right. right yeah. I want to see it. I want to see it. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, the, the answer to those questions, Bubba, are beyond my pay grade. Um, all I can say is, uh, is Jonathan, that, wait a um, minute. You're Jesus. You yeah, well, know Bubba, this is where <laughs> we, this is where I have to remind, I have to remind Bubba you again, mean, Jonathan Rumi is an actor <laughs> and, uh, but you know what else we're learning? It is very like, uh, the God that we serve and we love and we're so thankful to. He's never been one to get in a hurry. Uh, you know, yeah. his timeline and our timeline is yeah. it, it's never, it's never, you, you don't rush the great I am. <laughs> and uh, if you remember, uh, there was even one one moment where he said, "Well, 
Uh, it is not, uh, no one knows the day yeah. nor the hour, not even the son, only the father. So uh, <laughs> I have to defer to my father. So um, let's talk about though. What so, Bubba but, did I mean, have- do you, do you look, I mean, there, there's so many great stories and I, I think one of the things yeah. that I liked about the first season, you, t- and, and I, when I say this, I hate to phrase it this way, but some of the minor stories. Okay. Yeah, right. Yeah, you 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 did those in such a great way. the The water to wine stuck in my mind. Mm-hmm. The way it was done, um, you know, it just had a, a very spiritual feel to it. And mm-hmm. you know, a lot of times when you're talking, and we all do this. I mean, we have favorites and things. And I mean, you, you think of Lazarus. You think oh, of, of uh, the crucifixion, the Easter morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, are you looking forward to those? Uh, will they be challenging to you, or yeah? If you if you're oh, sitting yeah. there, you're going, here's what I hope we'll do. You may know what you're going to yeah. do, but or, yeah. Or like on set, I'm crucified today. I mean, how do you get ready for that? Yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully, we we've got a few years before that happens. So I'm 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 trying not to think too much uh, about that. But um, to the question, what will second season? Do you have an idea? Do you well, know? That you know some of Only second the season. Knows. Uh, well, I know, but, uh, but I, I, I think I, I think Dallas Jenkins knows. <laughs> I th- well, you well, yeah, but uh, he, he doesn't necessarily share that all that information <laughs> right. for for good reason. So um, you don't know what y'all do. I, I do know. I do know because uh, we he has talked publicly about the fact that we're going to be uh, working on the Sermon of the Mount. So um, that that is something that, uh, uh, in fact, I I, I just started taking um i just started this um online uh class a three-week class on the sermon on the mount just to get more perspective to get more knowledge to get more insight from from a, a specific scholar who's written uh books uh like over 30 books on the new testament and one in particular about the sermon on the mount um so so i know that there's that that's happening uh i haven't received all the scripts that i i don't know that all the scripts are completely ready for the actors to even see they usually okay. have a process of going through um different consultations and, and dallas has talked openly about this as well like they 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 basically get together in a room uh, on this sort of writer's retreat this writer's camp they hash out the plot points they figure out what the, where the storylines are going generally and then they start working on individual episodes and the, 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 there's a checks and balance system so once they finish the scripts the scripts get sent off to our theological consultants to kind of weigh in on whether or not there may be any major you know theological stumbling blocks for any specific group of people that could you know cause um some kind of concern um but they they're such smart and thoughtful and um um faithful writers writers that are faithful to the word that um, you know, I don't know. Uh, it's usually never anything that it seems from what I've understood in the writing season one is never anything that's really so kind of controversial. They're like, where they're like, no, you can't do this. You'll ruin the, yeah. the, the world will explode. The Internet will shut down if you film this scene. So it never really gets to that point. But it's kind of just like, OK, well, how, how are these um, scenes going to play with with certain denominations, certain audiences and. Uh, and just getting the feedback, you know, from the different um, uh, consultants has been hugely, um, I think, uh, informative and, and helpful and made for a better show. Uh, and then once it goes through that process and once all the actors, um, you know, have, are committed for the season and they've everybody signed their deals, 
then uh, the scripts get sent out and then we, you know, meet up weeks later or a month later, or, you know, um, depending on what your role is, maybe, you know, several days later, if you're a smaller part, if you're a day player. Um, so so to, to, the, the long answer is um, the Sermon on the Mount. The short answer is the Sermon on the Mount. Um, and the long answer is I know that there's there's a lot more than than just that happening. Um, I also can say that, uh, you know, uh, I, I'm pretty sure we will get to the crucifixion and the resurrection uh, beyond that. Um, I, I can't even speculate. I don't even know if they've figured that out yet. I know they had a, um, a massive retreat uh, up, up in uh, Oregon last week to discern and to hash out all the major storylines over the next six seasons. So uh, I'm really curious as to the fruits of that labor, that week of labor there, because, uh, you know, what's what's going to happen? Who's going to be left? How long is it going to take us? Yeah. So there's a lot that we don't know, uh, and people don't realize that they think we kind of know everything that's going to happen um, from the beginning, um, but we don't. We're kind of like, we're, we're right there with you guys saying, I don't know, I, I, I'd love to get, I'd love to know what's happening as well. Yeah, I, I'm supposed to be at the Sermon on the Mount. I mean, it, oh, are you? It, well, it was like you know, the, people who are investing, they say, hey, if you invest at this level, yes. you get to be mm. at the Sermon on the Mount. Rick, and, you didn't tell me. And yes. uh, and and I, I mean, I'm, <laughs> I've been. I think now that it's in Utah, I'm thinking, you know, I got to get my travel plans together. And That's uh, it. yeah, and, and I've and I've actually been hired to be the person that as you're giving the Sermon on the Mount, I scream out. I'm not sure about that, and then you go to you go to explain. No, I, no, no, no. The, I think our. Can our... you clarify what did you mean when yeah. you said? Yeah, yes. he, he's from Southern Israel. But what I'm saying, and and and, I, and we have other questions, and Bub and I will go back and forth. But I do want to ask that question because you think of God's timing, and I don't know when they'll actually be available. Who knows the state of the world? But boy, if there was ever a time, especially for our mm. country, to hear the Sermon on the Mount. It, it 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 is right now, uh, and yeah. uh, so I, I know that will be a beautiful beautiful scene. Yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. There's there's so much, and you know, just just from a um a scriptural perspective, it's like you know, there uh, some of the theory is that it, the the sermon and the beatitudes were a collection of moments of you know various sermons that Jesus put together all kind of for the purposes of, of, you know, Matthew's gospel, Luke, and, you know, for the purposes of reading uh, a gospel, like it's there presented as one thing, but then you start reading historians and scholars. It's like, well, it could have been said at different times because if you look at the whole narrative as a story, it's, there's a lot happening and could, could people have digested all of that as once at once. And so the challenge then for, for me uh, is, is we're shooting it as as it's written in the Gospels, and it did happen all at once. It's like, all right, there's there's so much there. Oh yeah. Um, how do you make that presentable? How do you, as a character, make that digestible for the audience? And and so that that becomes my challenge, and to communicate the truths, even just beyond the words, but through just you know allowing the spirit to to work through me and and and. Um, make it um make it something that uh people come away with if they've never especially if they've never heard a sermon or the, any of the beatitudes before to, to really you know hopefully bring something that could be life-changing uh, yeah. to them 
Uh, you know, one of the scenes that I don't think I, I was trying to think of the other movies I don't think I've ever seen portrayed, or at least not very much in depth, that I think is one of the more interesting. Uh, is the road to Emmaus when Jesus is mm. walking and they don't know it's him. Yeah. It's after the crucifixion, yeah. after the resurrection. Right. And he basically that. explains the whole thing during the walk. And I, I really yeah. hope that because you guys have the format, a little longer format to do that, I hope that yeah. scene is in there and it's uh, – it's it's amplified a little bit. Let me yeah, say it yeah, that way. Yeah, I, I think watching you act and play Jesus that that would be a great role for you. Mm-hmm. To and and you you That's guys great. do you, you guys do a good job. Bub and I've talked about on this. We have a sense of humor, which means God must have one because He made us in His image. And of course, just like everything else, it can be corrupted by the adversary mm-hmm. or it can be used by the way He intended. But to Bubba, to your point, and we see this in other places. But He He literally <laughs> says to these guys. Hey, what's been going on? Yeah, <laughs> as, as, as if he doesn't know to hear what they would say. And they're like, this. "Hey, man, where are you? Hey, been? where are you been, man? This guy's been resurrected from the dead. Have you not heard about this?" But I, I like. But the he fact prompts that, the conversation, yeah. like, "So, what's been going on?" And, and, uh, and the fact that he goes back and just ties it all together, and, yeah. and I think yeah. that's the, a scene that we don't see enough. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I would. I would agree with you. Um, I think. Uh, last in July, I had the opportunity uh, to to do one of the live streams, and um, I think uh, we, we talked about one of the scenes, or was in an interview. Uh, some you know somebody asked what are some of the scenes that you'd like to do, and you mentioned Lazarus, and that for me, exploring yeah. the uh, Lazarus, the relationship between Jesus and Lazarus, yes. and what would have prompted such a very precise and concise description and jesus wept in the 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 uh, scriptures like what was the relationship that pushed that you know that that made that phrase so important to write down and to note you know to to so um to to really to focus on and uh so i'm i'm really excited i'm hoping that uh, again i don't know um that there's the opportunity to explore that you know because that's part of jesus's humanity just relationships being social and um, Emmaus is is another one where, you know, where what were all of those references that, wow. you know, that he made to himself throughout all of Scripture? Like, how far did he go? Is it even beyond? Are there moments that on, on at Emmaus, you know, on the road there that he's re- reciting Scripture that maybe the rest of us wouldn't have even thought of right, right. pointing to him, you know? Right. Um, so, yeah, that, that that'd be great. I think. Um, I, I can only speculate along with you guys. Man, I'd love to see that as well. So we're, <laughs> here's hoping. We're talking to Jonathan Rumi, and uh, we'll continue. We're going to dig in some other things that he's he's got going on and continue to talk about the incredible uh, series, The Chosen, if you've never seen it, and when we continue on Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. Now, I do want you to know, Bubba, that uh, a lot of times when we're dealing with insurance, let's just call it, yeah, hey, this is the insurance agent that, that, that my daddy had, and he handed him off to me, and now that, now I'm dealing with the son of the, of the dad that my dad dealt with, and it's all the same insurance place. This is where I've always had my car insurance. This is where I've always had my homeowner's insurance. Have you ever stopped to think that you might be paying too much for it? Well, that's where Gabby comes into the picture. They take the pain out of shopping for insurance by giving you apples-to-apples comparison of your current coverage with 40 of the top insurance providers like Progressive, Nationwide, Travelers. They're all there, and it's real simple. It's the exact same coverage you already have, and I'm telling you something. 
Uh, look, we've had so many people email this show saying, I never thought I was paying too much. And when I looked, I was. And Gabby has saved me, well, now an average of $825 a year. Uh, but we've had people save more than that. Obviously, some that have saved, you know, a, a smaller amount. But eight hundred twenty-five dollars is is money that you could use for something else. That's the average. Um, and uh, if they can't find you any savings, guess what else you have, Bubba? Peace of mind. There you okay, go. I, I guess the coverage I have and and what I'm paying for it is right. And they'll never sell your information, so you don't get annoying spam or robocalls. So take two minutes right now and see how much you can save. And it doesn't cost you anything on your car or homeowner's insurance. Go to Gabby G A B I Gabby dot com slash Rick Bubba. G-A-B-I.com slash Rick Bubba. That's Gabby.com slash Rick Bubba. Talking to Jonathan Rumi. So, Jonathan, when you talked about this, I, ha- I have a Bible teacher that has really uh, been used in my life to, to help take me deeper in my understanding of, of Scripture. And he says something that you have to deal with uh, shooting the chosen, and that is he said it's okay to speculate, speculate as long as you acknowledge and know that you are speculating. Right. He says the problem is when you speculate and you don't acknowledge we're speculating. He said that as a Bible teacher, he said I have a problem with. But you know the Bible, it says what it says, and it's okay to speculate. And he says even I speculate, but you must acknowledge you're speculating. Talk to me a lot about that balance, you guys, because obviously you're sticking to the scriptures. You're sticking to being sure it's theologically sound. But there are moments yeah. that, like we were just talking about, where where there is some speculation. Yeah, the uh, whenever we have the extra biblical material, which is the stuff that's not in Scripture, um, it's it's there not because we're trying to train change Scripture, not because we're trying to rewrite the Bible, not because we're trying to you know mold characters into what we think how we think they should have been written in the Bible. No, it's 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 basically you know trying to flesh out the stuff that's in the uh, Scriptures. Sometimes you know it's only there's only a couple lines. You know, you've got a couple of lines of mentioned about Zebedee, you know, the father, James and John. Um, but what happens, you know, in what would their lives have been like? How do we flesh out a realistic three dimensional portrait of these people without speculating and without doing that in a way that uh, that honors them, honors the intention of what's written about them and honors the Gospels? Um, and so it's a lot of the writing process is prayer and discernment. Um, and then just, you know, reading what's there and, and allowing the spirit to guide the writers through, um, those moments and those characters, uh, journeys that can, um, make sense and also using, um, you know, history and archeology span and, and knowledge of first century history and first century culture. We have a rabbi as part of the consultation staff um, that, that can give us all of the things that as Christians we may not have known growing up, but we may not have been exposed to. Um, but then what happens is you end up seeing uh, a more uh, well-rounded portrait of these people, their lives, what it meant to be growing up Jewish in the first century, uh, and then to kind of become this counter-cultural revolutionary within his uh, community, um, what might that have looked like? So, um, you know, the speculation uh, for us and our team is always done with scripture being the priority, serving scripture and making sure that it is biblically sound. Um, uh, But, you know, the first thing, the first frame of the TV show you see 
is to remind people that this is a TV show. This is not a replacement for your Bible. This is not a replacement for your Bible studies. This is not a replacement for church. Um, it's a TV show that is inspired by all of those things uh, in, in a way that we want to then now utilize this storytelling format to, to bring the, 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 the narrative of Christ, his message, his purpose to those who maybe have never heard it or to strengthen their relationship with their God in a way that they had maybe never even anticipated or maybe never even realized needed strengthening. So um, that's kind of been the goals and the challenges and, and um, for the writers and the, the creators of the show. And then for me personally, having affected my own walk and having brought me deeper into my walk with Christ, um, it's now become a part of my own sort of personal ministry as an artist, um, you know, evangelizing for, for God and trying to use uh, my position um, to to affect positive change in the culture, because the only way the culture is going to change is if the people change. Um, and how do you do that? Well, you do that by making um, work, by doing work of, 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 of godly quality that, that honors God in, in the, the highest way and makes people feel something and feel good and, and really uh, impacts them profoundly. Um, you know, you can I was just thinking about this today, like there's a, there's only so much change a theological argument will have on somebody's, you know, right. personal perspective. We saw of, that trying to win an argument faith, versus right? pointing people to Jesus. You know, it's, it's a, when, we get into right. the, when we get into this, we're trying to win arguments. Let me tell you that's confusing the most. The people that are lost, that, that don't, that they're, right. they're, they're trying to be introduced to the basic tenets of the gospel, and they hear all of us that say, well, yeah, we understand it, we've been redeemed. And now watch us argue over something that has nothing to do with your salvation. And we're trying right. to win an argument versus trying to tell you how wonderful God was that he redeemed us through grace and mercy and came to us. We couldn't yeah. come to him. You know, and Paul warns us about this, having these few foolish arguments in front of the lost that we shouldn't engage in those. So, yeah, I'm yeah. glad you guys didn't didn't take that on. Jonathan, speak a little I'm, bit about the technique that you have to do to apply your art to this. Uh, you're an actor. Are there special things you have to do to get ready to, to play Jesus? I mean, you, you obviously have the look going there, but I mean, do you, do you let your hair grow out a little longer, your whiskers? Or what do, you, do you have to do anything special? Uh, I mean, yeah, first of all, I got to check my ego at the door, uh, <laughs> yes. and, and, you know, eat a healthy serving of humble pie before I get into any of this. Um, because, um, you know, if, if, if you have not the virtue of humility, then there are no other virtues that can manifest themselves within your spirit, your being. Amen. I think St. Augustine speaks greatly on that, on the virtue of humility being the catalyst for all other virtues. Uh, so when when you look at what it is to, to be an actor and there's a, a certain level of um, notoriety that comes with with uh, uh, be, being on a show like this, um, but even just stepping on a stage or stepping in front of people where, you know, there, there's going to be it's like when you start digging into the psychology of like why people do this, there's a lot of a lot of that comes from ego um, for me. Uh, I think there may have been some of that in the beginning or just, you know, uh, finding that 
people when you're on a stage and you do a scene and you get applause there's this reaction that you're like oh wow that's that you get this adrenaline this this endorphin kind of uh um reaction um now as i've gotten older and gotten more involved in my craft and now uh, I, i'm playing um christ uh for this uh series it's forced me to abandon any notions of of ego because it's not about me it's about serving god it's about emptying the role emptying um myself of of uh of all the things that would get in the way of allowing the spirit to to reach people so the way i prepare is i do a lot of praying um i do uh a lot of uh reading and meditating on the scriptures um i i try to i try to listen to what it is that God's telling me as I'm looking at these scripts. Um, I still have the, my process as far as going through a script and saying like, okay, how, how did this, how would this particular scene have played? How might Jesus have seen it? And um, the, the guiding, for me, the guiding, the guiding principles are, I believe, I hope um, the same principles that, Jesus might have applied when just having encounters with people, um, with, you know, using love and mercy and compassion with everyone he met, meeting people where they're at. So if I'm reading about a scene where Jesus encounters somebody that needs healing, how am I approaching that? Am I approaching that with love or am I, do I have some kind of judgment about their appearance about, you know, well, they're from Samaria and the Jews and the Samaritans never got along with like, do I allow any of the the you know the the first century society's uh, ethical standards to get in the way, or am I literally trying to come at this with the heart of God to the best of my very human uh, ability as uh, as a, a a sinful human being playing this role? Mm-hmm. Um, am I am I trying to 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 get out of that of of my own way and and really um, allow Christ's heart to shine through in in these moments and and that's what i aspire to do i don't know if i get there but um you know i i i do the best that i can and um and hope that he he takes care of of the rest and anything that you know that i i can't that i don't accomplish in the way that i think i want to um i I have to just let go of it i have to again it's a constant ego check because you're like man i wish I wish they used this other take instead of this one. And right. I feel that one was better. And you just, you kind of let have to let go and be like, you know what, this is what God allowed them to use. And there's a reason that they're using yeah. this take over that take. And, and I just got to pray that it's going to still have the effect that it's meant to have. And, and uh, yeah, so, I mean, humility is a big thing for, for me. It's like just constantly checking myself and, and um, where, where is, where is the ego meter for the day and, and um, trying to let go of it? You know, as humans, it's just, it's, uh, it takes a lot of work. It has to be supernatural. It has to be supernatural. It has to be supernatural. You know, you have to depend on God to do that in you because we can't do it for ourselves and he, and he will do it if we submit to it. Let me ask you a very like technical question. And my wife was Mm -hmm. furious with me that I didn't ask you this (laughs) when you were on the show. I come in and she said, so did you ask him? And I said, no, I never asked him that. She goes, it's the one thing I asked you to ask. <laughs> you know, and, uh, and, and so, and that is, 
we I was the couch that night. It was not it was not comfortable. And and I found myself thinking, you know, I don't know what Jesus is teaching me. Wait a minute, that's just Jonathan Rumi. I, but, but 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 back to please, back please, to yeah. I know, and I'm just messing with you on that. But but back back to this. So we know that Jesus was not speaking English. Uh, that's correct. And so we know that he is Jewish. We know this. Yes. So what my wife was asking, she said, he's got some sort of accent going here, and mm-hmm. I want to know why he picked this accent and how did he come to the conclusion to speak English with this particular accent? So I Great go to question. you. So I go to you. Okay. Uh, so the accent that I've adopted for many years, from the first time I ever played Christ on film, was for a, um, a traveling, a one-woman show about uh, – St. Faustina, who was a Polish nun in the mid-20th century who had visions of Christ. Um, and, uh, and so in this show, uh, we filmed for three days up in Washington State. I played Christ in the visions that she had. And I, I thought long and hard about this, and I realized I had never seen anybody on film portray Christ with a regional accent speaking in English, regional, what do I mean? I mean, from the Middle East. Nobody ever had Christ with a Middle Eastern accent. Um, So I thought about it and I decided to adopt an accent that came from two sources. So my father is from Egypt. Mm. Um, He's got a Middle Eastern accent. Um, His sister-in-law is from Palestine. She's got a slightly thicker accent in a little bit of a different way. So I combined my father's accent and my aunt's accent together. And then in speaking English, um, you know, the the decision was made uh, to to do the show in English. So um, at that point, I had already done three other short films with Dallas and I had been using that accent for about five years. Um, and it always kind of, it trips a lot of people up. Uh, I've had, <laughs> I've, I've had people come up to me who are like from Portugal and they're like, I'm so happy you used a Portuguese accent. I'm like, Oh, did, did I? <laughs> um, and, and people will hear the accent where they're from <laughs> by some, it's like, I imagine at, at Pentecost, when everybody's it's like Pentecost. Everybody in their other language. <laughs> I'm like, great. That's fine. Um, you know, I could have been like, oh, man, my accent's terrible. But I'm like, no, wait, no, it's not. I know it's it's uh, I'm th- this is one of the things that I do as an actor is accent work. I do a lot of accents. It's it's a gift that God has given me. And I've used it to play French people, British people. In fact, there was an episode of Chicago Med that aired last night uh, that I was on where I played a British heroin addict. So, um, you know, yeah. accents have just been something that I've been gifted with. I'm also a musician, so it's part of that musician's ear sort of um, uh, phenomenon. And uh, and so I, I was very intentional about it. And Dallas loved it. And and in fact, I think um, that he when, when when we were doing season one, I found out I didn't even know this that he sent uh, clips from one of the other movies that I did with him as Jesus is like. Here's the accent we want to stick with. And then when I met Shahar Isaac, who plays Simon Peter, mm. um, he's from Israel and he's got an accent. And I listened to his phrasings. I'm like, he sounds kind of like the accent that, I, that I'm that i using um, in English. 
uh, and it's a little it's a little bit thicker. It's a slightly there are minor sort of things, but um, differences. But it's essentially the same um, uh, 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 muscular vocal musculature is is almost identical. So I felt very kind of. Um, additionally validated when, yeah. when he showed up on set and he sounded like that. I'm like, oh, great. You see, I wasn't, I'm not that far off. So, so um, but people then don't, I'm like, is he Spanish? I'm like, well, that's, you know. I know. No, no, that's Jonathan, how's your, no, how's it's your, funny you said that. That's one of the things that my <laughs> wife said. She goes, it's got a hint of Spanish to it, I think. And I'm like, honey, he wouldn't be yeah. doing a Spanish accent. That doesn't even make sense. <laughs> and uh, but but some you, people think I'm doing Australian accent. I'm yeah. like, that's a no, that's a stretch. But, so it's yeah, a, it's Egyptian in Pal and 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 Palestinian, correct? A, a combo yeah, of those yeah, two. It's, I would call it a, a a generic, light Middle Eastern accent because if you do an Israeli accent, uh, it's different. It's it. First of all, it sounds much more modern. Right. People identify it. Some people then confuse Israeli with a French accent because of the the erotic R's. Ah, so if you are I'm talking R like this, yeah. Uh, whatever I say with an R, it sounds a cross between French, right, um, and and Israeli. Uh, and also the with with Aramaic, um, when you hear people speak Aramaic. Um, there's a few of the rhotic R's that are, are reminiscent of uh, Hebrew, of uh, uh, yeah, Israeli Hebrew, but largely um, what gives the the accent its quality is the the trilled or the tapped R. So, for instance, if I uh, 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 want, uh, am going somewhere and you hear the R in uh, the the, wor the words that I'm using now that I'm stressing very very heavily, so you can hear the R. It's a tapped R, if that makes sense. It does. Um, so th that kind of is the is the overarching quality of the accent that comes out when you hear people speak Aramaic. Even like the Chaldeans, the Iraqi Christians, when they're speaking uh, current modern day Aramaic, uh, you, it, it sort of translates to to what um, you know uh, we decided to do for the show. Well, so you can tell. That was in the, a long well, you expression. can tell, but so, you can sorry. tell in the family who's the radio host. My wife actually was our news reporter in the early days of the show and did TV and radio news. And you can tell the reporters like, "How do you let that question go?" <laughs> so anyway, she was she was right. It was actually a good question. Uh, we've got Jonathan Rumi with us on this edition of Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. Jonathan, I know we're we're about out of time, even for the podcast today, and we've enjoyed it. But I I wanted to ask you, how, how's your Deep South accent? Yeah, have you been working on us? Um, I I, I when I, if I as I start to listen to you, um, not just start. I have I've been listening to you the whole time. I assure you. Um, <laughs> but I, I, as I, <laughs> but um, when I listen, when I hear, and I'm exposed to it there's a tendency I have to want to start adopting your accent. So I've been actively trying to I know not do that. It's natural <laughs> to you. It is natural for you to do really? it. Now look, it is for it's us true. too. We've it's talked hard. about this. When somebody talks to us in an accent, we want to imitate it yeah. back to him. What is that? A, is that a, a problem we have or what is that? We're mockingbirds. You know, I, I think it's a, a, a very human response to try to ingratiate yourself within the company that you're that you're talking to so you you want to feel 
like you understand each other and you get them and you're the same. I think right. there's, I'm sure there's a psychological explanation for it. Uh, that's just my, <laughs> Yours you know, sounds good. We, people I, think we're being a smart aleck. I, I don't say, know. Can I, I tell you something funny? Here, here, here comes it. Here comes I think, a, no, but I think there's a real thing. I think it's an actual thing. Well, here's know? an example, which makes Bubba's point. Sadly, so my wife and I were in Ireland. So, we went out. To, oh, we yeah. went out to one my of the. From Ireland. Yeah, we went out to uh, you know the, the the island right off the southern part of of, of Ireland. I can't. Okay. And it's where if you either had to marry into that, or you had to be in oh. the family. There's no no outsiders live there. So they so really? yeah so they took us there. This is the Irish of the Irish. So they take <laughs> us there, and they have these wool shops. You know where they have because the, they're sheep herders and all this. So mm-hmm. my wife and I are now. It's weird when you're the your accent is the spectacle, <laughs> and we're talking inside this this wool shop, and the woman says, "Can you tell us where you come from?" <laughs> And I went over and I, and I said, I'm sorry. She goes, can you tell us where you come from? Can you say something? Can you say something first? And I was like, honey, I think they want us to talk. And then they say this. And I didn't know this because this island, I mean, they're, they're almost separated from the world. This, was wow. what they, this is what they said. Do you come from the place of the Cowboys and the Indians? And I said, uh, I said, what are, you, what are you talking about? And the guy says, they only watch Westerns here. They think you're from Texas. And, and so, and so and, uh, the place from the Cowboys and the Indians. And, uh, so that was it. Wow. All right, let, let's talk a little bit before we wrap up, though. Hallow App. Uh, I know you've been yes. you, that. This is a project uh, that you're working on as well. What What is Hallow App, and what is that? So Hallow is an app. If you've ever heard of Calm or Headspace, those are meditation apps. Hallow is a meditation app for Christians. Um, there's, uh, there's a lot of um, content on there where if you want to get on like a prayer schedule, if you want to learn more about different kinds of prayers, um, it's there, you know, it was started by uh, these Catholic folks um, that bring a lot of um, Catholic prayer tools, and then it's kind of just expanded. And so, so, so many um, people that um, have been following me that are non-Catholic uh, have gotten, have been writing to me and, and really uh, responding to what the th- they're getting out of this particular app. So, uh, you know, if, if you want to be able to meditate as a Christian, there's not very many options out there for you. Um, Hallow offers the opportunity to um, to really do a deep dive into the scriptures um, in a meditative way. Uh, they've got sleep stories, which is where I come in. So, for instance, if you want to fall asleep, let's say you're having trouble sleeping and you want to fall asleep to uh, a story uh, and you just happen to want that story to be out of the Bible. Well, Hallow's got it. And um, this was my first project with them. I I did, uh, funny enough, I I just did the Sermon on the Mount. So I'm reading from the Gospel of Matthew. Um, And uh, most people, they're like, you know, I was certain that I could get through, you know, the whole thing. But I'm literally out knocked out after the first chapter. Other people have reported they're like, you know, I've been having trouble sleeping. And I fell asleep listening to the word. And I slept soundly for the first time in like months. Um, so the, the feedback has been pretty extraordinary. And uh, there's there's such an awesome group of people to like to work with because they have hearts for Jesus and they want they just want people to get to know Jesus deeper. And they, they, 
there's songs and there's there's all sorts of stuff where like you're taking the time to breathe and meditate and discern and get to know God on a level that um, you know frankly we, we just don't do for ourselves enough uh, as a society uh, and and the tools that they allow that they give people to do it they're ever expanding but it's just been such um, it's been such a blessing meeting with them because they they're doing they're doing something that needs that that the world really needs right now uh, in in their own way in this kind of like what the chosen is doing for TV with with uh, you know evangelizing like this this app is doing the same way for bringing uh, meditation and peace to people that is not new age you know um, right. uh, agnostic Myst- it's, it's, mysticism it's and all that yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's Christian and it's it's focusing on Christ and and um, you know I think it's just a way a great way to um, you know increase holiness in your life and and I think we can all use a bit of that. Hallow.com slash Jonathan for the part uh, that he's on. That's H A L L O W. Yeah, you, if you want a thirty day, uh, there's a thirty day free trial. Um, if you go to hallow.com slash Jonathan and in that thirty day free trial. You get to hear my sleep stories. And then I have, they just released another story. Um, I think it's chapter four from the Gospel of Matthew where Jesus is tempted in the desert and, uh, and a couple of other things that happen in chapter four. Um, and it's all, it's all read um, uh, just uh, in, in more dulcet tones so that if you do want to try to use it as a sleep aid, it usually, uh, people have no problem just kind of conking out. But if you want to listen, uh, it's just um, another way to kind of get your dose of the Bible read by me. Thank you, Jonathan, so, and thanks for being with us yeah. on Rick and Bubba University. If you've never Thank seen you the, the first season, thechosen.tv, that, just go to www.thechosen.tv. They have their own app. You can watch it for free. Uh, I'm telling you, we loved it. Many Millions have loved it, and you will too. And then we anxiously await season two. And, uh, Jonathan, know that, uh, that we – we all need to join together. What, what you guys are doing needs to be covered in prayer because it certainly will meet the attack of the adversary, uh, and there's nothing that, uh, that uh, the adversary would like more than to uh, you know, to clip the legs out from under what's going on, and you guys are taking <laughs> He's this He's trying. Well, you know, think about what Paul said to Timothy. All who choose to live a godly life will be persecuted. Yep. Uh, so that, that, com- that comes yep. with it. But uh, So look, look at that, and, uh, and you press on, and, uh, and always remember – Uh, that you are answering the call that God's placed on you, and I appreciate you doing that. Thank you, Rick. Thank you, Bubba. I appreciate you guys. God bless you. Thank you. Jonathan Rumi, our guest today, and thank you for joining us on Rick and Bubba University, the podcast.